0: And rising, everyone, Natalie, coming to love. live, spirit and coffee, not a coffee here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're reading again from the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Again, um, trying to get through these dialogues. Good morning. Who is that, Lawrence? Welcome. Um, welcome. So we are on uh, page 47, and we are continuing, and then... The dialogues will go into the uh, miracles of the one thing. Um, so pretty cool. Okay, what is the dark, or what is this dark and chaotic one thing we fear so much that holds us to earth? Okay, and this is something that's coming up. It's the shadow. Um, it's the descent into the underworld. Um, it's sort of kind of timely in what we're going through, especially in my program. Where we talk about Hades, or we talk about Hell, or we talk about um, Dante's Inferno, or all of these different depictions of what it's like to descend to the underworld. Now, this is something that we fear, right? Um. So here we go. You should not fear the one thing, for you have dominion over it. Okay. You have dominion over the one thing. Now, the one mind we don't have dominion over, right? The one mind is is you could say the all encompassing God um or universe creator whatever you want to call it the the thing that you cannot name because it, once you give it name it gives it form and once you give it form it's not that thing anymore it's you can't describe it so there's no words again we can't really put words on it but we try and that's okay but you do have dominion over the one thing but you fear but your fear has turned into a nightmare and only through the dissolution can you reclaim your power and your dream anew so here we go this is where we're in the part of the storyline if you look at the world around us and everything that's going on is this fear-based programming is happening um, fear based everything and that fear that is igniting is feeding this nightmare we're allowing the nightmare to grow stronger when really we have dominion over it and it's funny because I was watching uh, the Clash of the Titans I watched it yesterday because um, Hades makes an appearance in that movie pretty powerfully. And, you know, at the end of it, um, Zeus says something, you know, from the mythological standpoint, right? That's pretty profound, though, is that we humans have the ability to over have dominion over the fear and drive the fear back down to the underworld. And that we are the ones who have the power to do this. So, but if we feed it, it grows. And right now people are feeding so much fear and they're not knowing how to overcome the fear. Okay. So, but we have dominion. We have the ability to overcome it and the nightmare itself that we have created. We've created the nightmare. What we see around us is a creation of man. And we're feeding it. It's like the two wolves. What wolf are you feeding? The wolf of fear and hate or the wolf of love and light? That's all in the monkey mind, right? We all have the ability to overcome. Okay. For just as your dreams are fashioned by your hidden mind, so is the world dreamt by the hidden mind of God. Therefore, the thoughts of the one mind are the reality, and the presence of the one thing is your dream. And the dreamer and his dream are always one. So, again, if you saw yourself as this mini-god, right, or goddess, and you're sleeping, you know that you are the creator of your own dream world. And we can see it the same way. We can transform our nightmares even. People have nightmares. I had nightmares when I was growing up, so I'll give you an example. I was so freakishly afraid of Freddy Krueger, the worst character to ever be created in my personal opinion. I still won't watch it as an adult. Why? Because I dream every night and I remember my dream every single day so he haunted my dreams and i was afraid to go to sleep see that was the whole psychology behind it to overcome that fear in my dreams right i was able to do it because i worked through it i was able to face it i was able to look at it and really the way and people laugh the way that i actually overcame this dream of freddy Krueger haunting me and i wasn't until i was an adult like 18 19 years old i was already older right i used to just still ha- i was afraid of him till i was way older um because i had nightmares and it was awful and then i'd wake up and i'd be like oh my god is he going to be here in the waking world and i couldn't discern between the two sometimes like sometimes i wake up and i'm like wait am i in my dream or reality sometimes okay because some of them get meshed together so literally um I just turned to him and I surrendered to the fear. I surrendered. I just said, all right, I mean, I'm not going to run anymore. The running is just igniting more fear in me. So I faced it and I kissed him and I said, well, I'll just be your girlfriend. (laughs) How about that? How about I'll be your girlfriend, which is almost the same as what we see in Persephone when she goes into the underworld and, and becomes, um, Hades, uh, wife right she goes down into the underworld she descends into the underworld she befriends it and she becomes his wife his mistress so you don't have to be the mistress of the underworld um and and do people think oh I'm the mistress of the underworld that's evil stuff no 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 it's you being able to surrender to the the fear look at it in the face and then befriend it and know that you have dominion over the fear you have the power right over fear right uh, hypnogic dreaming. I do it all the time. Yeah. It's just crazy, right? It's, um, it's, a, and it's a super challenge when you dream and, and it's a nightmare. So I have some pretty wild dreams and sometimes I write them down and sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's too much for my waking mind to process. Just let it process at night. And if it's something I feel needs processing, then I'll, you know, write it down or whatnot. But we have the ability to overcome it. We have the ability to work with it. Um, Good morning, Christina, by the way. (laughs) I don't know who else is on here uh, on Facebook. If you say good morning, that'd be great. Awesome. Good morning to you, DQ. Is that like Dairy Queen? People get off and on in my podcast all the time, so they come and go fleeting like birds. Okay. Anywho, let's go uh let's see for just as your dreams are fashioned by your hidden mind so is the dreamt the hidden god okay therefore the thoughts of the one minor reality are the presence of the one thing is your dream okay and the dreamer um and the dream is always one okay so here we go so so which is more important the one thing or the one mind um you sorely try try my patience do not see that the one mind and the one <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> Let me clear my voice here. <laughs> Do not see that the one mind and the one thing are one. They are different aspects of the same thing. The one is above and the other is below. Mind and matter appear as uh, as two in the mirror of existence, but they flow one another as one. They flow into one another as one, sorry. Like the fountain uh, fountain's feeding on itself, so does continually pass into the other. The one mind becomes the one thing and out of the one thing comes the one mind. There are always uh, both one. So it's the same thing, but different. It's it's like I was talking about in terms of um, visually, you could see it as like a light hitting a crystal or they even have that light with the, with the pyramid, right? Where um, the light hits it and it's one light and then it separates into many different things. <clears throat> or it's like the dream. The one dreamer is dreaming the dream, but there's all this stuff happening in the dream. Well, where did all this stuff come from? Where did it all start to arise from? Well, from our our unconscious mind, right? Our unconscious started to unlock different things, but it's still us. But it's not us. It's, a, it's a, an extension of. So it is the one thing. I'm sorry, the one mind. They're both one. It seems like the universe is like a gigantic lava lamp, which the light bulb of the one mind heats up, gooey, one thing in display of continuously changing shapes, rising and falling, rising and falling. What's the point? Um, you do not see the point since you are always forgetting that the universe is not for your entertainment. It does not serve you. You serve it. I love that. It does not serve you. You serve it. But we think it serves us, right? And I think that's the big um, issue that we're having right now is that we think we're um, invincible. And we think that this world should serve us. Um, And we just take of it as though it does. And that's not the case. We are in communion with the earth. We get to be in communion if we want to survive as a species, right? And that's what most species get. They get that they need to be in harmony and balance with, with the earth and but yet we don't do that right we think we're gods and so if you watch the clash of the times a pretty good movie if you like that um the lady tests the gods and by gods i mean these archetypal energies not the one god but the the, the extension so you could almost see it almost like we have maybe god is a circle and then we have these tiny sparks of consciousness but in that consciousness is this spread and i would you know what i'm gonna get a paper i think and a pen and draw it out because i think visuals are super helpful um and i think i have let's see if i have a pen available that's close by uh uh, sorry let's take a look here see i have these pens um i want to show you what i mean by this because we have this sort of like bigger um, and even I think anybody who taps into this uh, sacred geometry wisdom, they get sort of the same patterning going on, mandalas and kind of the way that the that it may be constructed visually. Now we we the visual itself is just kind of like a map to give us an idea to kind of let it land in our body, what it might be like and what it might look like, so that we can kind of get a point of reference. So I'm going to get a pen, and I'm going to keep talking. You may not see me on Facebook, but I will come back onto camera in just a second. Okay, <laughs> so here I am again. All right, so let's take a look at this. I do, um, it's been a while since I've done some drawings, but this is igniting some imagery that I think needs to be given to you guys. So those of you who are listening um, on the audio, Try to envision it or you can just come back to uh, the podcast or uh, Facebook and see it if you want to. Okay, so I'm going to use this paper. So here we go. So if we're looking at it, we would say maybe, now this this is just a picture, right? So of course there's no confined where God is. But we would say that big circle, okay, would be perhaps God. Or everything that exists okay then we have sort of this dot of consciousness I'm gonna make it a little bit bigger well just so that you guys can see it this dot of consciousness is your consciousness within the bigger circle okay and it's gonna be smaller than that but for this sake you're gonna see it so there's that tiny circle that's you that's your consciousness now in here is the unconscious and nothing can exist outside of this right so we depict it as a circle just to give it an idea still two-dimensional i mean it's not exact of course it doesn't look like this but this is just an idea so that you kind of understand now in here okay i'm gonna put these tiny little open dots and the open dots can be these floating we'll say god so this would be let's say god i have to write backwards. Our universe, our Creator, I'm going to do God because it's easier to I have to write backwards. So we'll say that bigger piece is God. And these little ones are little G's, and so I'm going to do little Gs, little gods and goddesses. Okay. Don't laugh if my G's look funny, I'm doing it backwards, and this is you Okay, oops, do that backwards? You oh, why okay? This is you. Okay, there we go. That big dot is you, and those little g's are little gods and goddesses, and then there's a big god. Okay, now this is just kind of a depiction. These little gods sometimes get thrown into you here, but they're part of the bigger god. With the capital G, now we've gotten rid of these. We've gotten rid of all these little G's. As humans, and we've said we don't need them. We don't need those little G's. We don't need the archetypes, right? And so some of them call them archetypes. They call them archetypal patterns that show up, and that we start to embody those archetypes, that are sort of floating around in perhaps um, the creator's, uh, you know, uh, unconscious mind. But it gives us a place to be able to explain and describe the life that we're seeing around us our consciousness as it expands we start to see that we're working with these energies that are archetypal they're ancient they're old archetypes um the hero's journey and we repeat them and we talk about them and they come from very 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 ancient stories now people can say it's well the gods and goddesses are aliens there's all these theories and we can put theories behind them the reality is is this is sort of the construct in which we have lived out our psyche in the human existence our psyche gets played out this way over and over and over and it's a pattern and so when you start to understand these patterns then you understand how to work with them as opposed to against them or to cause the suffering now we've gotten a we've gotten rid of the little g's we've been called blasphemers right that's what they did they took all the little gods away, and they said, we're only going under one God, and that's it, Um, and we're going to get rid of all of these deities that you guys are, you know, praying to. Well, here's the deal. We need not pray to these little gods, but we need recognize that they exist in terms of their energy, and that they're part of the bigger God. They're part of the bigger creator in the universe, whatever you call it. And when we understand that, then we can understand how we are letting this help us or hinder us to move forward in our life. It's just that simple. Now, simple, not simple. So we had these mythological stories and ways of describing the world as a way to not feel like we have to take on the full responsibility for everything that shows up in our life because it's almost like you should, you're responsible for the way that you react to certain things but when it comes to all of these things that we call sins we didn't create them but they are ignited in us somehow so where where is all this stuff coming from well dante's inferno will talk about it right you'll go and you'll see all these mythological stories talking about the underworld and we ha- we have the ability to transcend these stories but they exist here. We can't say they don't exist, they do. I mean, just turn on the TV, it's everywhere. The shadow exists. So to deny it is to deny yourself, is to deny God, is to deny, to deny the entire thing. It's to say that it doesn't exist. Well, okay, well, live as though it doesn't exist and see what happens. You can just peel back the illusion and say it doesn't exist, but still there's gonna be a fear inside of you still because that was a survival mechanism we needed otherwise we wouldn't survive if you peel back all the layers and didn't live within the system that has been constructed and went out to the wilderness i guarantee you're going to be afraid because you'll have to your instincts have to set in the fear has to be here it helped us to survive but that doesn't mean that we have to stay in fear when there's no really threat happening Now, alert or understanding that, right? Current situation, fascinating how the wisdom of the ancients always seem to draw us back even harder against the resistance. Yes, that's right. And if you don't surrender, right, they call it a tower event. If you don't surrender, um, you're going to get pushed in that direction no matter what. And it's going to be even worse. So we cause our own suffering by not letting go and surrendering. And I'm speaking for myself right now. That I'm at this big, big, big transformation and and I'm at my next test, right? We all have our tests that we're going through and I'm hitting my next test. What is the next test? It's trust and faith to jump and surrender, to let go of the old. It's always that. And, And every time that I find myself up against the resistance and the fear, right, it's because I'm not certain. There's this uncertainty, the unknown. Will it be okay? Will I... Will I be okay? What's the worst that can happen? Instead of allowing myself to surrender to the process, but eventually knowing that I need to. And when I do, everything turns out better than I thought it would. Because I allow myself to let go and let be. Okay? So pretty powerful stuff, right? Um, And um, we ourselves are our own worst enemy. I think we know that. Okay, you are nothing but a vehicle of the minuscule light within you, and that light is a part of the agenda, but not you. Yet, despite your missing the point, I have revealed to you where to look for the one thing and how to fashion it into anything you desire through the formula of the whole universe. Do not disappoint me, human. You can best serve the universe through the sacrifice of the one thing in you to uh, perfect it and to offer it up for the glory and the glory of God, for you, the God, no, I'm sorry, for you and God are also and always one. That's what's beautiful about spiritual alchemy. You and God are one. There's no separation. Okay. And you guys can replace the word with universe creator. It doesn't matter, right? We all have our own terminology for how we relate to this larger happening. So you are one with it you're an extension, you're not fully it, but you're an extension and a part and one with it. And so we're this projection of this magnificent thing. We're just one part. And it's kind of cool because our projection of this one thing, you can even call it like a hologram, whatever you, however you see it happening, right? However, we are projected out into the world as a vessel that we are pretty, pretty awesome, If we use it in a way that's meaningful, but typically people are not, they're not using their vessels like that. Haha, I love it. You're going to be forced in that direction no matter what. Yeah. And then surrender to it. So pretty powerful in the way that we, we are this magnificent creature that is projected from the one thing, from the one mind and the one thing and an extension of it. And we have the ability to create with it, okay? Just what, uh, let's see, just what is the light and that is more important. Just what is the light that is more important than us? You're bound to the earth because of the gravity of your soul. So be thankful for your spark of spirit, the consciousness that enlightened you. Else you would be weighed down and even further into the darkness of matter. For between the greater light and the greater darkness, you are suspended. Yet, if you merge with the pure light within you, you join with the whole universe, for the light is freely distributed and penetrates the darkness everywhere. The light within you is the same light that divides the darkness, for all the light is one, just as all the darkness is one. And even apart, they are still one. So again, it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around it because it feels like well, that doesn't make sense. Um, and the best way that I can make sense of it is like we would, and what that passage is saying is that we still have light within us. Otherwise we'd be even further down in the underworld. We'd be darker, denser matter. And right now we still have a spark of light within us so that we are sort of in this um, middle space purgatory, if you will. <laughs> um My friend was talking about that and we've talked, I've talked about that with people that we perhaps are in purgatory right now, where we're in this, this middle way of light and dark because we are matter and matter weighs down. It's not light. It's heavy, right? It's, it, it weighs us down. It keeps us grounded and the light will just and illuminate and allow us to be free and, and, and flowy but we're not like that, right? We're very dense and we're stuck in this, in this space. Now we could go to outer space. Now look at what happens. This is another kind of way to see it. When you start to um, pull yourself away from the gravity or from the matter, right? Your body starts to atrophy. You, go, you start to, your bones start to go away. You start to disappear. So we can disappear into the darkness. We can disappear into the light. We could be dense matter. Or we could be light matter. So it just depends on your programming and the thoughts and the where you follow your thoughts and where you're headed. Good morning. In. Um, Let's see. So the light mind penetrating the darkness. The one thing is a great pattern. You speak in your tablet. There's only one pattern in operation of the sun. By fire, you will be set free. By water, you will reclaim your power. By air, you will discover the inner worth. By earth, you will realize its potential. In your dissolution, you will see the pattern encompassing you and know what to do. For this pattern originated with the birth of the universe and is filled in time and space everywhere. That's a big piece of this too, time and space. Hey, Bahram. Time and space is um, a big conundrum for people at this point it's a conundrum in all um in academia and all walks of life i'm reading this beautiful passage by one of my professors an article she published um and it's about quantum physics right and i've read a ton of on quantum physics one of the things that i was really interested in and the uh conversation i've talked about this several times on spirit and coffee but the um dialogues between classic physics and quantum physics they don't agree with time and space and that's the big hey danny that's the big um question that's that's out there how do we uh understand quantum and classic physics and the big question is time and space like they cannot agree with each other because quantum physics time and space have two very different feels to them right we have classic physics that says we exist and we're dense matter and this is the order of operations and perhaps we're um, on a curvature. And so because of that, and because space bends um, that we're experiencing time because of that loop that we're in or whatnot, and that, you know, so, and then you hear quantum physics that says, well, we're neither here nor there, um, but we're everywhere. So what are we? How, how is this possible that we are able to hold our matter together when quantum physics says we shouldn't be quantum physics says we should be everywhere and nowhere at the same time where it's really. And so, and that there is no time, there's no time between, um, particles or quantum entanglement or all these different, you know, ideas about what's going on in the quantum world. Where we think, and there was this beautiful passage where we look at quantum physics is a separation of of science, right? Science has separated itself um, from the actual person observing. So the observer becomes sort of this um, outside of it. So we forget to put the observer into it, which is us. We're observing, right? then it makes us think, well, who's observing us so that we can actually be here and and at a point. So it's interesting and time space is really the key at this point. I think people are, are recognizing that if you get, if you understand time, if you understand space, you understand how to utilize it, then you can start to untangle some of the craziness that we've seen happening around us. So time and space are critical. To understand and understand the pattern right the pattern of earth water air fire earth water air fire here's the deal if they've told you that it's evil it's because they wanted us to stay away from it that's where the hidden wisdom is so tarot tarot has been um pegged as evil not good stay away from it um and don't get me started as what they've done to tarot and how they've bastardized it I Creating casinos, which is just to me so frustrating. Um, but they use the the minor arcana in you know poker. You use poker cards, tw- twenty one. All those things are based on tarot. So for those of you don't know, now you know. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. Um, they told us it's evil. They said stay away from that evil stuff. Well, guess what? It's not. It's all esoteric hidden wisdom. And they don't want people to have access to it. Understand the uh, tarot, and you'll understand the patterning of the universe and the way that it plays out in the microcosm, which is the earth. So we go through these processes over and over and over again, and they give us an idea of what's actually happening in the storyline. And that's really what tarot does. It's sort of a the alchemic process in in cards. That's what it is and but they're gonna call it evil to keep you away from it it's really esoteric wisdom right and it's been hidden now it's it's not hidden but it is because very few people will look to it they they think it's evil especially like i read i've been reading tarot since i was about 15 16 and i was very interested in it when i was young and i was afraid that my father was going to get mad at me because i was raised catholic okay is that I was very, very, um, you know, we were raised Catholic and that was evil. And I didn't think it was evil. I was like, I want to understand this. Because I I understood that we were a part of this one God and that this one God had many ways of engaging with us and and telling us, you know, giving us the way so that we can create in this beautiful world. Um, And that was one of them. And it's one of the most powerful processes you can understand. It really is. If you understand tarot, it's going to open up your mind to all of this hidden wisdom. You're going to start because every piece, every card has symbology in it. That symbology comes from ancient times. It comes from um, the way that we related to the world years and years ago. And we still relate. Okay, let's see. One only thing I've heard regarding tarot is that they carry out events on the 15th of months. Because 15 tarot card is a devil. So the devil is... See, people even have a misunderstanding of the devil and what the devil means, especially in tarot. The devil is our own fear. It's our own internal fear of the underworld which is really what we're talking about right now most people don't want to talk about the underworld they just want to talk about the good fuzzy stuff it's the shackles and the chains that we bind ourselves to we ourselves see we can overcome it and again when i started this Baram um in the book it talks about the fear we are the ones who create the fear and we feed it we can untangle it we have dominion over the fear we have dominion over that and we forget that, you see? And we want to play into the fear. Because it, why? I don't know. Because perhaps, if I don't know, most people want to play into the fear. I'm like, you don't need to be afraid. Let's look at this. You can overcome the fear. So the devil in the tarot. So I would highly recommend, good morning, Nicole. Uh, Baram looking into um, tarot. Tarot is, we see it played out in human form. Um, and they've lied to us. The Pope is there, right? We have the Hierophant. The Hierophant is the Pope. We have the Queen, you know, and they're playing out the tarot and telling us it's evil, but they're, they, they themselves are playing out these characters on the tarot and calling themselves worthy of these titles, right? And the Hierophant is really, could be they're the, they're the ones that hold the law of God, basically, if you look it up in the tarot. They're supposed to hold the, the, the law of God. That's what the hierophant does. So, but we have this thing where we say, but is that really the law? And then we go further up into the tarot, which is number two, which is the high priestess. And the high priestess holds the Torah or Torah. She holds the the divine truth, and you cannot get through her unless you hold your truth. An authentic truth, because behind the veil is the magician and then the fool. So the journey, um, the hero's journey is really a story of tarot. I mean, you could just, it's the hero's journey, literally on cards, And it tells us about the macrocosm and the microcosm. So tarot is a big, huge, it comes from Torah, the Torah and the Kabbalion and all that stuff are related to it. So everything's interconnected and people don't understand that. I don't think they do. I don't know that they fully get that everything is interconnected. Hey, Shadow. And that in that interconnection, when we start to understand the pieces, we start to understand how things were created, how things blossomed into what they have. So going back into these very sacred teachings, if they told us it was evil, guess what? It wasn't. It was hidden. They did. They said that to keep people away from it, to hide, hide out. And they hid us in the um, casinos and the playing cards, right? The playing decks. They said, oh, here, we're not going to give you the most important part of tarot, which is the macrocosm. We're going to just give you the microcosm. And what that did is it enslaved us. Right? They took away the spiritual piece. They said, let's just take that out completely. So they did quite a bit. They've done a pretty good job on us. And to, to really tap into this ancient wisdom, it's kind of spread out everywhere. You literally have to be a scholar of the great work. You can't just do a little piece at a time. It's really actually diving into it and finding the pieces. And it's like a puzzle because they took it. And they spread it out everywhere and they said well they'll never find it or no one's ever gonna ever gonna be um passionate enough to look into it we'll just keep them comfortable do you see so people but then there are they they don't account for the people that really will and and will like me i've been reading this stuff and doing this stuff forever and ever and ever and ever and eventually what happens when you start to every single day every single moment give your time to this when you start looking into it everything starts to interconnect it's almost like the neural pathways in your brain start to interconnect and everything seems to make sense you could go from one subject to another and it's all interconnected but people are like wait how did you go from here to here to here because it's all interconnected you see but they fragmented it we look at the postmodern so look at postmodern modern And we look at post-postmodern, and everything was fragmented, purposefully fragmented. And that put us in a big whirlwind, and we don't understand how to pull the pieces together because they're so, they're everywhere. And then they keep us in the nine to five. So, how can people really focus on it? They'd have to give their life to it. Well, they have families, they want to have fun, they're trying to experience life and just be. So, they just say, yeah, whatever. Just, you know what? I can't. I'm not going to give my time to this. But then what happens is what we see happening today. People not feeling like they have a choice. Now we're under whose storyline. It's been stewing for 800 years or whatever, however long. Well, since the beginning of time. But still, this whole thing is coming to a head, right? This plan that whoever they are have put together or constructed is starting to come to a head and people are starting to recognize it. And guess what? Because they, people weren't focused on this ancient wisdom, now they're like, Haha, ha, gotcha. It's going to take too long for you to try to figure it out. Although it's not. You want to know why? Because the information exists within you. You have it. You could read books and yes, get to a point where you prepare, but honestly, it's really within you. And that's the probably the place that we avoid the most is ourselves, right? Our, inter, our inner working, who we are, how we work, how we operate. Because when we know who we are, they can't take that away from us. That's the biggest thing. And that's something that Jesus would preach, right? Or even Buddha. Know who you are, know thyself. For there's where the kingdom lies because they cannot take that away from you they can take your money they can take your food but they can't take away you knowing who you are which is the big piece so I would say if you're not doing that already get to know yourself I say that over and over and over and over again but the pattern um, of the um, tarot gives us some insight as how to sort of help us on the journey to understanding who we are it's not a um For fortune-telling thing. And there are people who will make money off saying it's fortune-telling. It's not. I like how my friend calls it. It's a diagnostic. We we look at it as a way to help us if we're stuck in a place and we don't know how to move forward. And we look at the cards and we say, here's the options before you, things that you may not have understood in the past, things you may not have really uh, come to know. And then you go, oh, shoot, okay, that makes sense. Okay, I can make a, I can make a choice now. I, can, I feel like the world has opened up to me because I was stuck. It gives us an opportunity to get out of our stuckness. So what they did is they fragmented the tarot, just like they fragmented all of this esoteric wisdom. And what they did is they put it in, like I said, the 52-card playing deck. And they said, okay, well, let's keep them gambling let's bastardize the shit out of tarot. It's, it's evil to do tarot, but it's not evil to go give all your money to the coast, the casino and lose your whole life livelihood. People have done it because the whole entire casino is based on tarot. It's based on those elements, but it's not based on the spiritual part. It's based on the human part, the very dense part of it. Again, as we were talking about a the above and the below there's the light and then there's the dense matter and what it did is it took away the light and it just allowed the dense matter to exist and we see casinos i mean they have sprung up everywhere you can find them anywhere and people will spend their t- entire time notice how time um just goes by you waste so much time in that space you know I personally have never, ever liked um, the casino and I didn't realize how ingrained tarot was in the casino until I started reading tarot cards and really recognizing and realizing that the uh, tarot deck was based or the uh, playing cards were based on the tarot deck. And then not really matching up to the fact that they said it was evil, but yet they're going to invest in casinos. So the reality is, is, well, okay, how much investment does perhaps the Vatican have in casinos? And they know, right? So you got to start looking at these people, right? Which is the Fint, who's supposed to hold the spiritual law. Are they holding the law, the spiritual law? Are they bastardizing it, right? Or the queen, who said she was the queen? Why is she the queen? She's a human being what is what and the popes and all this who are they really who are they that's who I would ask who are you reveal yourself are you truly holding the spiritual law you yourself can be a hierophant. you yourself can be a Pope and a queen and in fact you wear many hats like that and when you're reading the cards You'll understand what process you're in, in terms of that. There's pages, like just barely learning and understanding who they are. They're not fully a, a knight or a king or a queen yet. And you're just kind of learning. And the elements exist within it. So it's talking about understanding the elements. The tarot gives us ideas on how to work through the elements. All the elements are in the tarot. You have earth, which is the pentacles. That talks like pentacles, right? It's coins. It's earth, okay? Then you have the swords, which is air, which is your throat chakra. It's how we communicate, how we negotiate. It's also mental, how we think, okay? That's the swords and that's air. Water is cups. Cups are depicted as our emotions. How do we feel? Are we uh, depressed or are we... Um, allowing the joy to flow through us then there's fire which is wands and that's the will. that's the divine will it's probably the hardest energy to move through right we have the 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 will of what we're doing plus we have the ego because the ego exists in that fire and that's where we alchemize things so we have all of the elements in in the tarot It's really almost the Emerald Tablet in pictorial form. It's um. So you guys and it's and they want us to be afraid of it. They. I was surprised that my dad wasn't pissed at me when he found out I was reading cards when I was young, because I, apparently my grandmother did and I didn't know that. See, I didn't know that. And he was like, oh, Yeah, your grandma used to read. And I was like, Really? That's crazy. So, tarot is a big key. Anything they're telling you is evil go back and read about it. Tarot being one thing that they said, oh no, that's witchcraft. (laughs) Go back and find out why they were calling it witchcraft. Like women, women um, being able to do their ceremonies with the lunar cycles. Really, it was about our menstruation and honoring that. And Um, They took that away from us, right? And they called that evil. And they said we were witches if we did this kind of stuff. And really what we were doing is giving back to the earth. We were honoring the earth and the lunar cycles of the earth because we too have cycles. But that was taken away and that was called evil. And so now the feminine was seen as evil, right? The underworld was given to the patriarchy. And now we lived in a fully patriarchal model. Where the feminine was secondary to man. See? But when we go back in history and look at the gods and goddesses, the goddess was the first to exist. Not God. Not a masculine form. It was feminine form. That was taken away. And all we talk about is masculine, 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 masculine. Everything's masculine. We've become too masculine. In our Look at women. Women are becoming more masculine now. Why? Because that's the that's what we live in. They took away the feminine, you know, and we want to get mad for women who are oh well that she's she's too manly or she's this or when she's successful we don't really that's not attractive you know it's not and I can tell you why because the higher up you get in success the harder it is for men to appreciate it. But they they separated it you see. They they. They said, no, the goddess doesn't get her space. We're just, it's all patriarchal. And they changed the storyline. And so when we go back in history and look at the storyline, we all came from the mother. The mother is the darkness. your The womb was dark. It wasn't light. <laughs> we were in this dark, gooey, ooey stuff in our mother's stomach. So we came from the darkness, okay? We were born from the darkness, but they made us afraid of it. So we're afraid of the shadow, we're afraid of the darkness, we're afraid of all of that. Rather than saying, how can we work with the shadow? How do we love it? How do we remember that it does exist and that it is here and that's part of the mother, the sacred feminine? So the dialogues have switched pretty crazy. And in order for us to flip it on its head, we have to start to honor both and remember both. Okay. We don't take the masculine out. This is not a feminist. Oh, down with the patriarchy. No, it's how do we work together? Because you need both. We need both in order to balance out the equation. The equation is too left right now. The equation's too masculine. We've got to balance it out with the feminine. If we don't do this, and I've said it a billion trillion times, if we don't do this we are going to create a whirlwind of chaos beyond our own understanding. We've already done it once. It's going to happen again if we don't listen up. So, find that sacred feminine within you. And that's something that I think men get to do a lot more because um they've been ripped of that from themselves for so long. Don't cry, man up, you know, all these things. Don't care about your emotions. Don't um, allow yourself to feel anything you know you're you're just a warrior with no emotions and just be stoic and this and that and whatever it is that society was telling and now we're looking at men um, who are more on the feminine side. Why? because we've we've ripped that from them. So it's trying to balance out. That's why we see so many of these young kids coming out very feminine. We're seeing it in the in in the way in the species, in our gender. We're seeing it. It's trying to balance out. That's why so many people are like, "Well, I'm really a, I feel like a woman, but I'm a man, but I feel like a woman inside." Well, that's because the divi- the sacred feminine's calling to be recognized and honored. And we see it, we see men that do that, drag queens, right? They come out and they they over-emphasize the sacred feminine. They go above and beyond what the sacred feminine would be. And that's because we are being called to recognize her, to see her, to remember her. It's going to come out one way or another. And if we keep resisting it, it's going to be chaotic. I can see it and I can see that the chaos is going to help not just happen with human beings, but with the earth itself. And when the earth wakes up like that and the chaos comes, everybody is going, I mean, it's just, so we've got to find it within ourselves, is what I'm saying. It's okay to tap into your sacred feminine men alike. So find out what that means for you resolve that within you, because that's going to heal. That's going to heal us. It's going to heal the world. It will if we have more and more people waking up to this and really honoring that piece. Okay. All right. So there you have it. Um, of course I went on for quite some time. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging in there. Um, we still have like, I don't know, it's like a whole paragraph left. And then we go into uh, miracles of the one thing, um, how to read the Emerald Tablet, the doc, the doctrine of correspondence, which is cool as above. So below, um, which is really cool. How do you take, the above and the below that's the magician in the tarot card right uh the revelation of hermes um and then we go the thing is um what is the one thing so it talks about the one thing um the elusive first matter so we talk about the first matter um and then that would be that one then we get into its father is the sun and then it will talk about its mother is the moon and then we get into that and how that works. So there you have it. Um lots of love and light and we'll continue on this journey. If you guys have any questions, please let me know. Also, um if you want uh oh, also one more thing, sorry. Um we have a retreat that is coming out. I'm super excited about this. We have about uh six presenters for the retreat. It's going to happen in January. It's going to be every Thursday. We have some pretty amazing speakers. Um, I will share the link um actually i'm going to share the link with you guys right now if that's okay because um if you guys are interested in um joining that retreat we would love to have you it's um something that it's actually something i've been dreaming about doing for so long and finally it is coming together um with just some amazing individuals and it's all, all about alchemy um and it's alchemy and we're calling it a professional development retreat so um It could be um, like we're hoping that um, people who perhaps have a job um, where there may be some funds for professional development that they may um, we may start, you know, saying, hey, can these companies pay for individuals to come to this? So it is we're calling it professional development, um, but you can click on it and see. Um, the different presenters, and how we're using alchemy as a way to actually bring it into your life. So it's very different from what I'm doing here, right? This is just more of me, loosey-goosey, do whatever. The actual retreat is very focused, um, and it's um, very experiential um, to help you to kind of move forward in the work and give you sort of a plan that you can work from. So I'll be doing two of the workshops. Um, We have uh, Lisa Galindo and Jacqueline, Um, Charlene, who's a professor who does astrology and uh, mythology together. Um, And then a friend of mine who is a spiritual alchemist who's going to be doing living alchemy. So I highly recommend that you just go on there and look at what we're providing and see if it's something you guys are interested in being a part of. Okay, so there you have it. Love you guys. Have the most magnificent Tuesday ever. And of course, I will be seeing you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.